Welcome to another episode of the Making a Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More podcast. I'm your host, Mac Moore, here with Wade Christian. How's it going, Wade? It's going good, man. We are going to have some fun today because, man, Extreme Rules, I, going in, I, I don't think I was excited for it. Nope. I, like, I, I mean, I was excited for the Fatal 5-Way match, Yeah. but in terms of just the match, there yeah. was a build-up. There was a, an idea that going after, after that, it didn't matter who <clears> won. <throat> They were going to be a lamb to the Brock Lesnar slaughter. Yeah. And we don't even know that that's not – it's not that that changed necessarily. Uh, But going in, we felt that that kind of dampered any sort of buildup, any great thing that could have happened in that match. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, um, there's a certain individual that won that found a way to stop that from happening, stop me from getting sad immediately after a great finish. Uh, And we'll talk about that. Uh, in a bit, I assume people have watched so they know that Samoa Joe ends up becoming the winner. Uh, but we'll get that in a minute. You know the way we work. We like to build up to the, the big scene, so we won't get to the Fatal 5-Way until towards the end. We'll start with some lesser matches. Uh, we'll start off with uh, one that we thought should have probably should have been over a long time ago. It's been going on for yeah. probably seven, eight months now. Yeah, I was tired of this feud and a long time ago. Yeah, Wade was just... He's tired of <laughs> <laughs> The Miz before he starts a feud. Yeah. But Ambrose... Versus The Miz, and this one, all right, so in a night of extreme rules, they have the one match that has more rules, yeah. not extreme rules. Like yeah. Dean Ambrose can lose the belt if he gets disqualified, and honestly, that rule is the only thing that made the match good. Uh, I thought the finish, like, I, I, I'm a stickler for good storytelling, yeah. so it was a genius play to play off what you thought was going to happen, and... It made what was otherwise I was just bored during the match. Nothing happened. That's big. Uh, as much as you know, if we want to play devil's advocate and talk about Miz mm-hmm. being good now or Miz doing a great job as being a heel, I know Wade, you're still not jumping up on that train. Never. But for every stride he's taken, that has not been done in the ring. Yeah. Nothing that he's done in the ring has really improved. I mean, he's he's really good at being that weaselly heel. Yeah. If, he, if he's mastered that and now he's done pretty good mic segments to to back that up, nothing in the ring is exciting. Like it, it, the the yeah. the Daniel Bryan telling him, you know, he's that pro, prototype WWE style, the negative uh, connotation for that phrase. He's still right. It has not changed, mm-hmm. uh, even if Miz runs around and does the lamest of Daniel Bryan's moves. Uh, yeah. Doesn't, doesn't really doesn't really help you there. Um. But otherwise, that finish, like, it made it – I still don't want the rivalry to go on, but if it's going to go on, that's the finish that you need. Uh, obviously, having it set up where it seemed obvious that, you know, Maurice slapping the Miz. Yeah. I, I'm not the only one, and you're not the only one, knew that was coming. Yeah. But to play it off so that it's not the end, Maurice gets sent out, easily could have been a Dean Ambrose win. Mm-hmm. Um but to have him run into the ref, first time a ref's ever been hit and didn't just be knocked out for five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he gets uh, I up. I took notice of that. So he gets up, ready to disqualify him, and it's a, it distracts Dean Ambrose long enough for the Miz to set up a clean pin yeah. over Ambrose, which helps Miz for the rest of his promos. It helped in the Raw Talk promo that, honestly, he he hit it, and then he made me come up with, I know you haven't talked much, Wade, but I'll give you a chance because there's about to be a mean rebuttal that you might have to come at me with. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. So Miz has been talking about the, the prestige of the Intercontinental belt yeah, and how that hasn't been there. And it's amazing because 
his whole promo is a Wade podcast from like six months ago. <laughs> and his whole John Cena promos yeah. were Wade podcast from six months ago. Yeah. I'm actually looking for all the times Miz has had a really good turn of phrase and his turn whether before when it was uh, talking smack uh-huh. or now at Raw Talk. Yeah. All of his promos are just, he's the mouthpiece for Wade Christensen. I think maybe do, he listens. <laughs> I, I, do you have more in common with the Miz, with Mike Mazanin? Whatever. Yeah. I don't even know how to say his dumbass last name. Do you have more in common with him than you think, Wade? Um, <laughs> probably <laughs> like, well, you know, he just hates John Cena as much as I do. I like, and, and I think I even like during the podcast a couple weeks ago, I did say that like his thing with him in the mansion and him dressed as John Cena, I thought was like pretty good. Um, may, maybe I didn't say that. I probably didn't. I was probably just being, um, a, a bitch about it and being like, <laughs> no, I hate the Miz. Um, but like, I, I will say the stuff he was doing with John Cena, like before WrestleMania, like it was like, it, it was, it was funny and it kind of dug in really, you know, really dug into John Cena. And, um, I, I will say, um, he is getting like, he is super popular right now for the stuff he's been doing on the microphone. So, like, as much as I hate him, I can't take that away from him. But um, I, I do think, like, his in-ring performances are, are worse now than they were, like, when he sucked on the mic. Like, even then, I was just like, oh, like, The Miz sucks, but, like, he's got some pretty decent moves and, you know, pretty, like, like and, and, like, and some moves, like, I've never, like, seen anyone do before. Um, he kind of reminded me a little bit of just move-wise. Not anything else, but just, like, some of the moves he did reminded me of Canyon, we're just like, oh, I've never seen anyone do an inverted whatever. Like, you just made up a whole new move. That's really cool. Um, but the miss sucks. And I thought that match sucked. I thought that match was extremely predictable. Um, everything that happened, I was sitting there watching it with my brother. And, oh, this is about to happen. Well, this is about to happen. And, like, like nothing was just like, oh, well, that was shocking. Like, like everything that happened was just, I found to be very, very predictable. Um, it was a very dry match, and like th- th- as long as those two have been feuding, I would expect a much better match. Um, because they should be able to like do something, pull out all stops. Like 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 you've been feuding for months. There should be some sort of comfortability with it. Um, but 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 there really wasn't. It was boring. Um, but my biggest complaint on the Miz, and this is why I'm not a fan of his. Um, and never will be. I've seen him drop more people on their heads than any other wrestler in the world. Anytime I've seen someone do the, whether they're jumping over the top rope or doing the suicide dive through the middle rope, whatever they're doing, if Miz is on the outside of the ring and someone's jumping out to hit him, he will drop them or completely miss them and th- they almost get dropped on their head 90% of the time. And that's why I hate the Miz. I, th- I think he's just a... Like I think he's a wuss. Like he doesn't want to cat. Like two hundred man flying at you, and he just every like like just watch him. He freaks out. He does not want to catch this person, and 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 I'm surprised no one's been hurt by it already. And that's that's truly why I hate the Miz. So, getting back to you know Miz's in ring issues. <laughs> yeah. One of the other things he had brought up that sounded a lot like a, a Wade uh, talking point uh-huh. was. Uh, about Ambrose, you know, it's it's the outside of the ring. You know, it's like he's good. Ambrose is fine inside the ring. Yeah. And I think we know we've talked about this before. This is one of the things that we are on the opposite sides of. I'm upset with Dean Ambrose in the ring. I'm fine with his personality outside. Uh, I think uh, he's 
He's quick-witted, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, I wish they did more with it, mm-hmm. but it's not like I want him to change it. I, I like, I, I think he's perfectly funny with a lot of stuff. I think the the raw segment uh, that they did, mm-hmm. uh, where it's supposed to be Miz's celebration, and you know, the moment you know it's the he's the the bear or the dog yeah. or whatever it is, that's the moment you know it's not. And it was a great segment. It made Raw fun. Raw was fun. This week, for the first time in a long time, not just from that segment, it yeah. helps Samoa Joe yeah. having somebody in the title picture that it was moving forward, yeah. not just having it where Brock Lesnar doesn't show up. They made it exciting before Brock Lesnar showed up. So if he shows up next week on Raw, we we might be in for a good time. I maybe. mean, obviously we're getting into we're a couple pay per views away from SummerSlam mode, so maybe that is it's yeah. that, that starting of the build up. Oh, good point. good point. So excited for Great Balls of Fire, though. So you know. <laughs> I did that just as Wade was trying to get a drink of Mountain Dew. So, yeah. planned it. Tried to choke him. Uh, but th- that is, uh, to get back to my original point, I've always just looked at Ambrose, and the thing that I really get upset about is the in-ring work. Like, yeah. I, think, I, I know you hate that, that middle rope clothesline. I hate line. the middle rope clothesline. Like, it was so funny. When it happened uh, at the pay-per-view, I was watching. I had watched it once, but uh, Kinsey put on Extreme Rules again for her to watch it, and I was just kind of sitting down on the computer. But I wasn't even looking up. I just, like, saw in the corner of my eye the rope, <laughs> and I like, I, like, snickered, you know? Like, I, like, sucked my teeth, and Kinsey just starts laughing because she just... She knows too. Like I didn't even need to watch the whole match to get upset yeah. by it. Just that stupid. Ro- like stop doing it so often. At least yeah. I think in the I think in that match, it was like a maybe a headbutt from the Miz. I don't know what mm-hmm. led into it, but a move led him to it. So at least there was that. Yeah. It's when he does it for no reason. It's like what 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 benefit did you get from falling on the second rope? Nobody attacked you. Nobody threw you at the yeah. rope. You just decided to run and dive at the second or rope. Or he'll no do reason. it three or four times yeah. in like like like. That needs to be like a not even once a match, just like every yeah. now and again a move he hits. That that's in a pay per view match when you are on the ropes, mm. not you know ropes, not yeah. literally, but like when you need that face comeback. Yeah, and it's just be one time, mm-hmm. not because it's it's. I think it's cool looking. I like, can see like, him doing I, it during like house it. shows. And, and yeah. Um, but but yeah, just doing that move like every time, like every time you're in the ring, you're doing the move, and most of the time he does do it multiple times. It, it definitely takes away from it. And you're like, well, and especially with like he hits it like every single time. Like I don't know if I've ever seen anyone reverse it, and it does like it does get old. Yeah. So here's here's my thing with the Ambrose wrestling, and one of the reasons I think it's a problem, he doesn't have a fighter's mentality in the ring. Yeah. Like he is supposed to be the lunatic fringe. Yeah. And I guess you could say that that makes it where he shouldn't be focused on, like, winning the way other people are. Like, mm-hmm. he's so crazy that, yeah. like, where everybody else, their singular mindset is, what's the quickest way yeah. to get a victory? And Dean Ambrose just does crazy things to hurt his opponent. But he's not doing things to hurt his opponent. Yeah, the he only di- thing he really did on Extreme Rules that I was I thought was lunatic fringy is, like, he did that Dean Ambrose elbow drop you from wherever you are, and he did it to Miz on the outside of the ring. And, like, that was really the only part of the match. I was like, ooh, that was, that was cool. Everything else was pretty bland i thought yeah. like if he was actually trying to hurt him and i think part of this and this is the, the explanation i have is i think it's just part of it being the pg era i think if dean ambrose yeah. wrestled 10 years ago if he wrestled in the attitude era like mm-hmm. literally he would basically be an athletic mick foley yeah and then the sky would be the limit yeah but instead when you're in this pg era where there's only you know you're not going out to actually mm-hmm. try to maim somebody or make it look like that then he starts relying on dumb things like the little rope, you know, yeah. thing too often. He his finisher as a the the 
you know, underhook DDT, mm-hmm. it is not that important of a move. You also shouldn't have people kick out of it that quickly. Like, uh, I just the way they're ruining finishers is another thing. But it's the, already the, not yeah, a powerful bu- move. Bugs the shit out of me. Like, if if you get that move off and you pin him immediately, the match should be over. I'm just saying that about all finishers. Mm-hmm. Like, fix that WWE. You're killing me. But he could benefit from a m- much better finisher. Like, and even the way he does it, mm. he's supposed to be the lunatic fridge, but he does it in like a showman's way. It's like you're facing Miz, who is supposed to be, you know, the A-lister. Yeah. But you're the one who is like, you know, looking at the crowd while you're setting up your finisher. It's like, mm-hmm. that's not lunatic. That's that's a show off, you know, way too many show offs on, on the WWE roster right now. Yeah. And it should be limited to a couple, you know, at most. So stuff like that. I, I don't even know if there is a way to fix Dean Ambrose. We talked about it for a while. But I'm going to say the same thing I say about everyone. T- turn the son of a bitch heel. Like, because everything I've seen of Dean Ambrose pre-WWE, he was the heel of the heel, man. Like, he would come out with a valet and, and, and was almost doing, like, old Macho Man shit. Like, where, you know, Macho Man would, you know, grab Elizabeth by her wrist and, you know, yank her around. Like, Ambrose was doing that, but, like, much more violently than the Macho Man ever did. And you're like, well, who's this piece of shit? Like, he just, like, threw this girl to the ground. But, like... That's what a good heel does. Like, ain't like happening in the WWE. Exactly. Um, and then like all the matches, and, but, but that's what he got famous for. And then all the death matches he did is what he got famous for and what he got known for. And the WWE is not doing none of that. Like you can't even do a pile driver on WWE television. The closest they got was the AJ Styles match with the, uh-huh. you know, was it just a, was it TLC or was it just a ladder and they used tables? I don't remember. Either way, having the, the number of tables they went through, yeah. that was one of the more brutal matches we've seen in a long time in the WWE. And it was great. Yeah. It was even great up to the finish. I know you hate James Ellsworth, but that was the perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> even yeah, yeah, predictable. Yeah, yeah. It was a great finish having him uh, push well, him off. And, 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 and they had that damn asylum match with Jericho. That one was a, that was fail. a joke up until the end where, you know, he, he put him in the thumbtacks, which I never thought WWE would ever use thumbtacks again. Did you hear that story? I think Dean Ambrose was on uh talk is Jericho with Jeff Hardy. Uh-huh. Uh, which I haven't is, listened to that one. Yet. Yeah. Which is interesting but Dean Ambrose was talking about it and uh, the way that they convinced him to do it like Dean Ambrose said he had to go into Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon's just like no like you know it's like and his convincing was like yeah we know that like we're smart we know it doesn't hurt but the fans still think it hurts and so he sets it and then by the end even that line of thinking didn't quite work he just didn't leave the office until he's like Vince come on come on come on and then Vince is eventually just like alright do it well and I think that's what he needs to do now like like I like I don't know. Like Ambrose has gone downhill ever since he left the Shield. Like, like and Dean Ambrose in the Shield made me a fan of Dean Ambrose and made me go and look up all of his other stuff because I was like, this guy's great. Um, and ever since the like the Shields broke up, it's just been downhill. He's not the same. Like he's not near as funny on the mic. He's not near as entertaining. Um, and I don't know like who to blame for that. Like if if he's just like obeying WWE's PG rules. Or if WWE just broken his spirit, <laughs> or, 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 or what's happened? But 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 like and like it has been just very disappointing. Yeah, uh, they'll probably just put him back with the shield, anyways. We talked a really long time, yeah. uh, about just that match. But luckily, the next match is the mixed tag: Sasha Banks yeah. and uh, Rich Swan versus uh, Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. And I don't care. Nothing good happened, and that's over. So on to the next one. Uh, <laughs> I did, this one, hey, I did. Li- I want to say I did oh, like Sa- Sa- Sasha Banks d- did her little double knee thing and jumped yeah. outside, and that was really cool. I like, like, I liked that. That was but, a good uh, moment. It was a good moment. And other now we than can that, move on. yeah, we can All move right, on. Great. Now. 
So now we're the one that's short anyways, but we might talk about it a little bit longer. Alexa Bliss versus Bailey. Uh, oh, I, I, all right, so here's where we're at. Mm-hmm. I, I believe you picked Bliss and I picked Bailey on this one. I believe so. Um, and even as I was going in the match, like I was watching the vignette and I'm just like, this is built. Bailey's supposed to win. Like in terms of the way the story is. Yeah. If you were doing it right, she wins. But if Vince McMahon doesn't like Bailey, which is sort of the word of mouth that's been going around, he's not a fan oh, of her okay. character. Uh, and it makes sense. We've seen it not work. It's not even like Vince McMahon has like mm-hmm. a weird grudge against her. It, it the story hasn't worked. Like yeah. she has been really bad on the mic ever since they put her in the spotlight. Yep. Back going to the the win she was feuding with Charlotte before WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. They gave her the WrestleMania win, you know, so it's not like he just completely didn't give her an opportunity. True. Um, but it hasn't been going well and that's kind of, you know, it's like where do you go from there? So with the way that story is built, unless Bailey wins, you know, it's like, okay, so maybe Alexa wins, mm-hmm. but it has to be a better match than that. Five minutes, nothing happened except, you know, Bliss end up getting the kendo stick after which they had said way too many times the first one to get it can legally use it making it sound like whoever got it second couldn't use it (laughs) legally but yep we should have known that was not the case yeah uh couple rules confusions on extreme rules surprise surprise we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that in the tag team uh uh steel cage match Uh, a few rules that people just didn't quite know what was happening she lost so quickly that was buried like there is nothing else there like you could have made her lose to move on to you know Mm-hmm. Nia Jax or whatever. I don't even know if that's quite what they're planning, but that's what they were teasing with the match on Monday. Yeah. But you can do all that, and you don't need to do that. Like, that's Bailey getting buried. Yeah. Like, and and, and weren't they doing kind of like like just in-ring storytelling where, where they were like, Bailey just didn't want to hit her with a kendo stick? Yeah, and she, she, she seemed to be getting closer and closer. Yeah. And then in the match, you didn't even let her use it, and then Bliss turns it on her. Yeah. It was she didn't get an opportunity to yeah. use it. She flinched again. Yeah, you know? which which I don't understand that. Then why are you in a kendo stick match if you're not going to use a kendo stick? Yeah. Um, and like I can't decide like if I if if I like or if I hate that the, the oh I, I can't do it I'm I'm a good guy I can't like like in my head is use the goddamn kendo stick but 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 at the same time I'm like oh I kind of like the. Uh, the duality of her arguing with herself. Like, I don't want to do this, but I need to. Um, but then she either has to do it. Yeah. Or she has to not do it. Mm-hmm. Get beat with a kendo stick. Yeah. But then win the match. My, my, There's the, the option they went with is just making her lose in the worst yeah. fashion possible. Um, my only positive from this whole match was, was um, Alexa Bliss gave her a hell of a beating. <laughs> like, like, like once she started using the kendo stick, she, she smacked the shit out of her. And, um, Okay, like if 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 you're like, that's kind of what made me mad during the whole like Sasha Banks Charlotte feud was every time they had a spot like in the Hell in a Cell or all that stuff is like they just kind of like were kind of like wusses about it. They just didn't like like just go for you know like like just like this is gonna hurt. Like it was just kind of dainty and like Alexa Bliss wasn't dainty with that stick. Like she beat the hell out yeah. of her. So like that was but but other than that, I don't have anything nice to say about this match. It was garbage. Yeah, and I'd say back to the Charlotte-Sasha feud. It was always tough because Charlotte does beat the shit out of people. But, mm-hmm. like, with how many injuries Sasha had and, like, not knowing, like, you know, it just seemed like they were always worried. Yeah. And she was injured throughout the feud. Like, it wasn't just kayfabe. Like, she was injured then so don't be often. in a Hell in a Cell match that's, then. That's true, but that's that's where they were going, and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't cancel it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's not much to take away there. Going into the next night, I thought there was a good setup with Nia Jax having – 
you know, Dana Brooke and uh, Mickey James kind of get in the way and then them get beat down. So you still can build up for a Nia Jax versus Alexa Bliss without yeah. don't make Alexa Bliss look like such a badass in the Kendo stick match. Mm-hmm. Keep building that up while also building up Nia Jax who needs to never grab a mic again. Not never, yeah. but let her know. It's like you don't you can't be like Valley Girl Caddy when you're supposed to be this monster. Yeah. And I I don't know if you were watching the the pre-show for Extreme Rules, but she did an no, interview. Yeah, she did an interview for the pre-show and it did nothing for her character. It did nothing for like there's sometimes when you have the character break. Like I know when Alexa Bliss won the title, she went on uh whichever that's talking smack and she had like probably like a minute of like her for real like a, a moment where she got to shoot on how proud she was yeah. but then she snapped back into the Alexa Bliss role you know yeah. you can do something like that you can like try to gain fans outside of the kayfabe somewhere else, but you yeah. can't go on to the pre-show you can't go on any of these have a moment to build yourself up especially when your character is so limited you're not going to get into the Charlotte Sasha Banks like feud of the century type thing yeah. you are a monster yeah. you have to build that up and she has done none of that one on the mic. And I think Monday was a great opportunity to try to reestablish that without bringing down Alexa Bliss yeah. and do it without Nia Jax getting anywhere near a microphone. Yeah, that should just make her the Strowman of the women's division. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I just don't understand like what they're doing with her. Um, but if I, Nia Jax flips an ambulance, it'll be like, perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I, I don't think they know what they're doing, but I think they're all, they were also treading water. That's the other thing is you couldn't Braun Strowman it because – then it's like, okay, she has to be, like, at the top very yeah. soon. Uh, there weren't enough women to keep crushing every week without getting to the champion real fast. Like, yeah. Braun Strowman, look, didn't even get a title match. Just kind of got to destroy Roman Reigns a bunch until, you know, yeah. eventually getting injured. But if Nia Jax would have pulled the Braun Strowman thing, she would have been up to Charlotte in, like, three weeks. Because there was nobody there. Um, next up, Hardy Boys, Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, another one that I got right. What up? Uh, this one, I I feel bad. I got wrong with how I called it. Like, I was yeah. sitting here watching it with my brother, and I was like, man, the spot they need to do is, you know, if, if Jeff Hardy gets to the outside, mm-hmm. then you need to get one of Cesaro and Sheamus to the outside. Mm-hmm. I would say preferably Sheamus. Yeah. And he catches Matt Hardy trying to get out. Yeah. And so there's, like, this quick. That's what I thought they were going to do. There's this quick runoff between Jeff Hardy trying to knock down Sheamus holding mm-hmm. Matt Hardy, and then Cesaro, who wasted it earlier in the match, he ran up the rope and shot up to yeah. the top. He did it too fast because Matt Hardy was the one who was supposed to catch him, and yeah. Matt Hardy couldn't catch him in time. No, it was <laughs> cool looking, though. Cesaro, is way, Cesaro and even Sheamus were waiting on the Hardy boys way too often that match. Like yeah. They were up on the top like just holding their leg down like, please get here. Yeah, please yeah, make yeah, it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to win <laughs> if you don't get here. Like, Come on. And then broken Matt Hardy is an actual thing. It's describing his body and not the character <laughs> that I wonder if TNA is going to sue for that because Matt Hardy looks like did he? What, have, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, he looks like what we thought Jeff Hardy would be after jumping off the ladder for all those years. Yeah. Like that. We were like, this is great, but he's not going to make it past 40. And now Matt Hardy is at 42. He looks like he like. He, he's been through wars, like literal wars. He looks like, like he had like a, bla- a like a plastic surgery botch at some point. Like, like oh, there's just something like weird about his face now. See, I'm not even looking at his face because I don't care. I'm just talking about the way he moves. <laughs> yeah, like, he he's looks, very stiff-legged. He moves slower than Ric Flair did coming in the Evolution days. Yeah, like it is crazy how broken he is. He might have some has some thick old knee braces under those under those jinkos he's wearing. Man, he can't. He, yeah, he's he not can't do much good. in the ring anymore. No. 
Uh, and Jeff is still like he's a shell of his former self, and it would be sad minus seeing Matt being in much worse shape. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing what Jeff's still doing in the ring, despite yeah. like you watch him and it's like, man, he's he's missing like mm-hmm. eight steps, but he's still gonna jump off that cage. Just gonna do it. And I think Jeff Hardy's been pretty much like injury free for most of his career. I think most of his injuries have come from like wrecking dirt bikes and dumb shit like outside. I think of the he, WWE. it's tough. We don't know what he has because you know he had the drug addiction yeah. for so long, so we don't know how much was the, similar to like Kurt Angle. Like we, mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, we know of the neck injury, you know, back in the Olympics, yeah. but he had a bunch of injuries that he masked with, you know, his problems. And so, yeah, but it's Kurt, really Kurt Angle was mostly taking like a lot of painkillers and stuff. And I think Jeff Hardy was mostly taking meth. So. It's like the same thing. <laughs> North, sure. Meth is North sure. Ca- is North Carolina painkillers. Like yeah. everybody knows that, man. Just get so sped up, it's, you forget it hurts, baby. So yeah, that match. Uh, I I still thought it was a good finish. Uh, like I, I see, I hated the finish. The, I I liked the match up until the end because like as soon as Jeff Hardy escaped, like the at the beginning of the match, they the, they repeated the the phrase. It's not over until both yeah. people's feet are on the floor at the same Nobody time. Nobody listens to that, Wade. So as, soon as, to the so as soon as Jeff Hardy like jumped out of the ring, I was like, at some point, Jeff Hardy's going to have to get back in this ring. And then here he comes up there doing a crazy Phoenix splash that we had already seen that night from Neville. And we're going to see again from Seth Rollins later on in the evening. But whatever, it's a good move. And then he hits all three people with the move. And the only person hurt by the move was Jeff Hardy because the other three people escaped before he did. In fact, they lost because Matt Hardy couldn't drag Jeff Hardy's body out of the ring. Yeah. All right. So I ignore it. I see what they're probably going to go with it and like make it seem like, oh, Jeff Hardy lost the match and they're going to break up the Hardys or whatever. But it doesn't make any sense for him to do a move and then be the most hurt by the move. It's Uh, bad. Anytime you jump off the steel cage. Yeah. I, I, I'm willing to accept whoever's the one knocked out is the one knocked out. Uh, if you put yourself in, and he's he's the spot monkey. Like, it's perfect for storylines. And I think, arguably, yeah, the one who jumped from the steel cage is going to be more hurt than when three people absorb mm-hmm. one body. Yeah. Um, I'm allowing physics to override, like, your, like, There's wrestling. There's no physics in wrestling. I know, but that's my, <laughs> that's my point is, like, for your idea, like, in wrestling, the one who does the mo- move from the top yeah. rope should not be more hurt. Exactly. Even if it's a steel cage and you amplify it. <laughs> but this is uh, one body making a stupid decision into three people. I'm willing to accept it. And because when you set it up, I, it was great for this reason. Like, the, the, the way it, you can argue <laughs> the thought process behind it. You can argue the way it makes sense. But when he fell out of the ring, half the crowd didn't see it. Half the crowd, for real, were ready to cheer for the Hardys, thinking that Jeff either got out first or they, yeah. they weren't sure. There was a like silence waiting for the announcer to actually say, and the new WWE. That made it perfect. That made it great because anytime you can actually get those fans to react and not get them like the way they normally do where they've already decided what they're going to chant you know it's like yeah. this is awesome after you know a headlock uh actually they hate headlocks so after a dive they chant this is awesome anytime you can get a real reaction out of the fans i'm willing to say smart move uh i think it worked and then you also give it to Cesaro and sheamus who can see what they can do yeah. if they're gonna go as the heel give them the belt see what happens they needed it more than the Hardys did. So it made yeah. sense in terms of who was the winner. And I think the ending, like, 
Sure, I. This is what I thought while watching. It's like on TV, I wasn't excited, but mm-hmm. the moment the fans reacted that way, I'm like, yeah. well, that's a smart move. That's a that's a wrestling Booker move mm-hmm. that makes sense when I don't think it makes sense only watching yeah. on TV. But that that was honestly the only thing I disliked about the whole match. Um, other than that, it was great. Um, like I haven't seen like like that's my first time I've ever watched a tag cage match before. So. Um, and I was really glad Sheamus and Cesaro won. I really like what they're doing now, minus the kilts, minus the kilts. <laughs> but everything like I like the jacket, I like the sunglasses. I, I like pretty much everything about what they're doing. Um, so that was my only complaint. It was a big complaint. It really took me out of the match. But that one, like, it was one move, one move in the whole match. I didn't like. So um, the rest of it was still really good. I was happy with the outcome. Yeah, and I thought it was good. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they actually do. You know, I think Jeff Hardy was uh, punking us too. Back to that uh, Ambrose and Hardy on the Jericho podcast. Mm-hmm. One of the things he had said was they asked him, you know, do people, you know, like the, you know, the Hardy boys like facing off? And like one of the things they had said was like as good as the broken gimmick was, mm-hmm. like people don't really want to see that. They want to see the Hardy boys together. And it's like Jeff Hardy is trying to play me like he played me at WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. He's setting yeah. me up again. Trying. Uh, He's, he's trying. It's not going to work as well. It worked on WrestleMania weekend. I yeah. really didn't think they were going to be yeah. able to sign a contract. I in was time. surprised. Uh, next up, Neville, Austin Aries. Uh, <laughs> the perfect match for Wade. Chris Wade submission. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> That's what I said the whole time. I'm like, why are the Cruiserweights having a submission match? Like, whatever. Like, it's so dumb. But, like... That's my whole opinion on the match. It was dumb. Keep submissions out of the cruiserweights. And if that's what you're doing, then get rid of the cruiserweight division and then just make it a submission match. Like, like, like get rid of, like, I'm so tired of the cruiserweights. Like, it's not going to work, WWE. No one gives a shit about your purple belt, your purple ropes, or anything. It's dumb. All you have is Neville and Austin Aries. The rest of that roster is garbage. Um, there. Yeah. That's what Exciting. I got to say about it. And so I, all I know is I'm going to stop picking Austin Aries at this point. Uh, that's all I learned from the match, really. Uh, it, was the o- it was the only thing keeping Wade in this point structure at all is my picks of Austin Aries. Uh, so he's, he's hanging in there by a thread. Uh, the next one, which Wade would like to argue, he gets a half point for this pick, and I just don't buy it. But when we had picked for the fatal five-way, uh, our first one was Finn Balor. That's what they were building up to. Mm-hmm. And we mostly... I, I just followed you on that pick because it yeah. was a safe for me. There was nobody else that really stuck out. Yeah. And then you said your second pick was Samoa Joe. Uh, my second pick was Bray Wyatt. And that ended up being the the focal point of that match. Yeah, man. Uh, great work having those two team up as heels. I loved it. Um, But, like, as good as their team up was during that match, and it was. It was great. I loved them going back and forth. The the, the double senton spot was great. I, I was loved it. But like as good as their little like, like team up was, how great would what 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 would a team up with Owens and and Samoa Joe have been? Well, okay, so we we already know that that's better because Bray yeah. Wyatt. It, like I'm, I'm still not sure what the plan is, how they're gonna work that out. Mm-hmm. It's not the 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 team up doesn't matter so much as it's just having two heels like alter this match with the five contenders. Yeah. Um, those two worked fine. It's not even like they worked particularly well together. I just loved having that happen. So you're right. If it was Kevin Owens still on raw, uh, that would have been better. Um, but it was a good way to use both. And I also, you it know, was good. I really, really liked it. It also gives you the opportunity, you know, are you setting up the, uh, Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor feud? 
you're still having Seth Rollins entangled with Samoa Joe mm-hmm. up until Samoa Joe gets the match with Brock Lesnar, which, as we know, is going to be a limited number of appearances, although they do say Brock Lesnar's coming to Raw on Monday. So, you know, that's, that's one of the appearances. But otherwise, got some time until Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. And if you don't want to waste too many of his uh, limited stops, Seth Rollins right there to keep Samoa Joe. And the, I, we're not even going to talk about Fatal Five Way as much as we're going to talk about what happened on Raw. Yeah. Samoa Joe got to look strong, not only in the Fatal Five Way, but then look strong on Raw. Mm-hmm. He got to make what we, we talked about this. There's no reason to believe Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar is going to be anything than what we thought going into the match. Yeah. The winner is going to be a lamb to the slaughter. And Samoa Joe found a way through his Raw talk promo after that. And then his work on Raw, you know, even be- he's even better at promo when you give him time to rest after a match. Like, yeah. you don't want him up there all sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> but he got out there and made an actual, the buildup right now, uh, this is the argument I'm making, the buildup Samoa Joe made just from Fatal Five Way, winning the match, Raw talk, and then the Raw after, it's already a better buildup than any Brock Lesnar match. Uh and you can make an argument for uh, Goldberg since it was all build-up. Yeah. But, man, there was no reason for me to believe that any of those five competitors should have been exciting to face the Brock Lesnar. And he's at least – he's pulled the wool over my eyes at least temporarily. Yeah. Uh, I know it's not true. I know it's going to end up – you know, the Lesnar is not going to make it work in a way that's good. But, man, Samoa Joe coming in with the killer instinct, uh, the way he played it. I had one question. I asked Kenzie this. Mm-hmm. When – Paul Heyman was in the ring, and Samoa Joe does this little conversation with him explaining, yeah. I'm going to choke you out, and you need to tell Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Was it better that he pulled the mic down? Fans in the crowd not knowing what's going on, but the people on TV able to hear it? I don't like when they do that. You don't like it? No. Um, be, because like they're in, a, in, a, in an arena full of people. Like, like I don't know. I get really irritated about stuff like that. Like like All those people are there to you know be the, you see the show, and like... Like, like no one knows what's going on. Like they're just sitting there going like, well, what the hell's he saying? And then out of nowhere, he starts choking him. Um, I, I don't ever like when they pull the mic down and just have a little camera talk. It I, sometimes works, but yeah. I did not like it in that situation. I think it would have been better. Like he said way too much anyways. I think yeah. he said way too much for if it was TV. Uh, if it was much simpler and it was just kind of like this short, like this is between yeah. me and you, Heyman. And like, it's just, the crowd just has to deal with it for a second, not knowing. Yeah. But even on TV, I was watching, I'm like, this is going a little long. Like, it was like, a bit worried. It's like, why, why is he caressing Heyman's face right now? Like move on to the next yeah, thing. He Joe. got real close to his, <laughs> that was the one thing I was thinking. I was like, if you were in the crowd right now, what would you think was about to happen? It didn't look like he was about to choke him. It looked yeah. like he was about to smooch him. Yeah. Um, it was just weird, and yeah, you're right, like 100%. Like, just like he was just like it was too many words. Like, he could have said like one thing and then slapped him in the you know and choked him out and whatever, but like it was, yeah, it was like having a whole conversation with him, not not even a very well thought out conversation. No. Uh, so yeah, that that could have been, been improved, but I think overall, though, man, once you get the choke out happening, once you have uh, who did he end up facing uh, that night? Was it was it Seth Rollins again? Maybe I didn't finish the, after Raw. I, I watched yeah. up until that point, and then I had stuff to do, so I paused it and never got back to it. I think it was a Seth Rollins again, and then he beat him. And mm-hmm. so, like, just keep building it up. I mean, we know that it probably won't be the great finish, but man, at the very least, they're they're giving us something to care about. As we've we talked about this, the holding pattern mm-hmm. that they've been stuck in. Another thing that we haven't brought up we we just got to that final match 
we wasted a lot of time on Dean Ambrose and Miz, and we're still pretty like early into this podcast. Yeah. There were only six matches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think six total, seven if you count was it Paulo Cruz and Callisto. Callisto just beating Cruz and uh, Titus every week. Like I don't know what the heck they plan on doing with yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Uh, there. But yeah, just those matches and. Yeah, similar to the way they do NXT TakeOver. Uh, yeah. Less matches, more impact. Especially with the six matches, you know, one of them being the mixed tag, which yeah. is like six minutes. One of them being the uh, Bliss Bailey match, which was only five. Yeah. They gave four matches, good time, and I, I minus you hating the cruiserweights in a submission match. Mm-hmm. All the matches worked. Yeah. Um, th- this has definitely been my favorite pay-per-view since, uh, since WrestleMania. It's been the best raw pay per view like that that I can remember in a long time, because um, raw shits the bed on every pay per view they have, um, and then that 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 fatal five way like they gave like forty five minutes to that match, w- which was you know it was good. Sometimes I like watching long matches, especially with five guys. Yeah. Um, I I had a couple issues with the five way. Yeah. Um, I thought the beginning of it was really clunky. Um, especially with um, like them pairing off and just leaving Roman Reigns yeah, just standing in there. the ring, um, <laughs> like I just like for the first like thirty minutes of this forty-five minute match, like Seth Rollins was pissing me off. Like he did the slowest dive through the ropes, the slowest suicide dive I've ever seen anyone do in my life. Um, and then they had the like the the, the moment where Finn Balor's just stomping people. That went on for way too long. And then at one point, he misses Samoa Joe completely and stomps the middle rope. And Joe sells it, which was weird to me. Because <laughs> um, it was just such a... It was yeah. so awful. Um, and, 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 and then just like... I don't know. Rollins just seemed off his game for the, the first half hour of that match. He was really, really just slow and sluggish and... Then he's and that was even before he started selling like the hurt knee or anything like that. He he took a, the nastiest looking sister Abigail I've ever seen anyone take. Like he landed right on the top of his head, and that was just like seemed like all of his fault more than anyone else's. Um, like, and, and then and then the last ten minutes of the match, the last ten minutes, Rollins and Reigns finally show up. Reigns did shit. He laid on the floor the whole time, which is probably best for him, seeing as everyone else in the matches. A little more talented than he is, maybe. It would have been nice to see. It just reminded me of the like Royal Rumble where he got hurt and got to go to the back yeah. for half of the Rumble and got to <laughs> come back. Um, but then like the last 10 minutes of that match where Rollins did the splash through the table and then at the, right after that, Roman speared him uh, through the barricade. Like That was cool. It was nice to see them actually do something with the match. Um, and I was like kind of on board. Like, okay, this is great. Like, the mat, you know, They're finally doing something. And then Roman Reigns just no sells the power buckle term, like, like, like the the turnbuckle yeah. power bomb. Yeah, it didn't surprise me. The move that like yeah. ended Sting's career and put Finn Balor out for six months doesn't hurt Roman Reigns at all. Nope. Well, okay, a little bit different when you're thrown on a barricade. <laughs> all right, a little bit different. Uh, and then Roman, you know, he he's 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 just better than Sting. 
his whole career. Well, he's also I think got all that. Shows that maybe it was all that padding on the, on Roman's back. That's true. The ch- the, if Sting had a chest protector, <laughs> we could have seen all of those matches that everybody had talked about. We could have got our Sting Undertaker. Yeah. We could have got every all those other ones. But he didn't have the chest protector. I think all wrestlers should wear the chest protector like I, Roman Reigns. I mean, it's making him pretty much unstoppable. Hey. I screamed at my television that that ended Sting's <laughs> career. You son of a bitch. <laughs> he just nope. Doesn't hurt me at all. Superman punch. Uh, it was. I was. I was so like. All right. So Seth Rollins. It's funny because he goes through for a power bomb often, yeah. but it's only to flip and land. Yeah. Uh, and so when he picks him up the second, I'm like, Is he actually gonna get to do the turnbuckle <laughs> power bomb? And I was like, Wait, yeah. it's Roman. It's Roman Reigns. And then he hits it. Yeah. Superman, and I'm like, That couldn't be the worst sequence for me as a wrestling fan, yeah. considering. I'm on a different level than a lot of Roman Reigns haters. <laughs> That's the, the the Superman punch is the last thing. Like if you get rid of that, I am I'm uh, WWE. I might buy a Roman Reigns shirt if you just make him. I'll buy ten. I will buy ten Roman Reigns shirts if you just make him stop doing the Superman punch. That's it. That's that's all. Well, I need. Or at least stop making it a finisher. Like nope, make, nope. Really? If you're gonna do it, I like do it, it as a clothesline. See, and he even does that. He does a leaping clothesline. When he does it as a clothesline, I'm like, that's nice. When yeah. he does the Superman punch, stupid. Yeah. And I think it was a couple weeks ago, Nakamura, I think he hit Ziggler. And it was like an actual Superman punch. Like, he put his head down, the arm goes straight forward, and like, Dolph Ziggler took it like a goddamn champ. At this point, nobody is taking a, the Superman punch like it matters. Mm-hmm. And so that adds to the fact that it's a stupid move. Jumping in the air does not help you, especially on a sideways punch. If he was punching straight forward, if he was punching downwards, that's fine. He's punching sideways, but jumping up. I just keep thinking of Kevin Owens' Superman punch, and it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> it was such a great move. I love that more than this. <laughs> he didn't punch. even get up on that one. He, <laughs> he just got, lifted up a leg. He may have got. I said this. I think he got lower. I think he got closer <laughs> to the mat when he jumped, which was great. It reminds me of when I play basketball, which I've been playing basketball. I'm getting in. Ch- I'm gonna be a wrestler by the time I'm 30. It'll happen. Oh, Wait, cool, that's that's my new plan now that I know that nobody wants to pay me to actually do anything of value mm-hmm. i'm just gonna become a wrestler i'll manage you because i'm never gonna get in shape so. <laughs> <laughs> we got this planned out y'all uh i think that's it normally we hit you guys with that power packed uh you know really long uh podcast that we normally do there's not a lot for it's a shorter one but we're not mad about it no. uh, a couple matches that we kind of ignored because they didn't matter but the yeah. other one's really good um I'm excited to see what they do from here. There's, uh, you know, like we said, you're finally getting into that SummerSlam. The road to SummerSlam is yeah. the terminology that I'll have to use because I'm not willing to think of anything more creative. Uh, neither is WWE. Yes, Great balls of fire. Uh, and I like how they actually did finally, like, uh, they had to make a contract with uh, Jerry yeah. Lewis because, yeah, somebody noticed. And, somebody noticed. And, and, like, not only is it the worst name ever, did you, did you have to make the little, like, icon for it like look like a dick too you had to like i guess like what, what else are you gonna do i don't it's know it's called great balls of fire yeah yeah there uh, were there were not a lot of why it. is it like if there's not an inferno match at this thing get out of my face yeah i don't i just don't understand like why it could look at it they could have literally named it anything yeah and that's what they went with well it could just be the great american bash that's, it could yeah. be idiot but vince mcmahon had to show that he doesn't copy WCW. Mm. He needs to be original. Yeah. So that's why 
He went with Great Balls of Fire. Wow. <laughs> I'll never understand <laughs> and it. And had to pay copyright because he's not willing to instead take some ideas from the company he now owns, WCW. <laughs> he had to go and be creative. Great Balls of Fire. Well, I guess good for Jerry Lee Lewis making, good. making some more money, getting his name out there still. Yeah. I thought he was dead. I did too. <laughs> he's the one who married his cousin, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's all we have for this Extreme Rules edition of the Making a Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More podcast. Uh, keep your eyes out in the uh, near future because we will be putting out this. I, I promise to the our Facebook crowd, we weren't lying about this. We will put out very soon the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. Yeah, man. Me and Wade have some hot takes coming, hot so be, takes. be prepared for that. Hotter than balls that are set on fire in the middle of the great summer. Uh, thanks for tuning in.